This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 198. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman. And tonight, I'm not joined by anybody <laughs> because of the lateness of the hour. I am here flying solo tonight. Uh, that's okay because I have a really exciting interview that I'll be actually playing back that was pre-recorded at SHOT Show 2018 at the XS Sites booth. Uh, many of you longtime listeners, especially if you've been following us at all, you, you will note that uh, we were able to secure a number of locations throughout the SHOT Show, uh, various booths. We were at Glock, we were at Sig Sauer, we were at Excess uh, uh, Sites, of course, that, that we are sharing an interview from here tonight. Uh, we stopped in at HK, even not for the Concealed Carry podcast, but for our other podcast in the network, the new one, the Not Your Average Gun Girls podcast. Uh, we stopped in also, let's see. I know, oh, Springfield Armory, of course, that was an, I knew I was missing a big one. And uh, so a lot of great interviews to, to play back and share with you tonight. Or actually, in upcoming weeks here, lots of great interviews. Tonight, we're sharing one of those interviews, like I said, from Mr. Jeff Gonzalez of Trident Concepts. And uh, we really got into some of his training philosophy, how they operate at Trident Concepts. Uh, they're really big on performance standards, and they've been tracking data for like the last 10 years plus on thousands of students that have come through and shot their performance standards. And that data shows a lot of really interesting things and trends. Uh, we'll get into that here tonight with that interview. Let's uh, not keep you waiting too long for that, but a couple of uh, brief announcements I need to share with you. First of all, we'd like to thank the following sponsors of this episode. Uh, some of these are kind of unofficial sponsors, if you will, by nature of their participation in this episode, making it possible. So tonight, this episode, episode 198 of the Concealed Carry Podcast is brought to you by and made possible by XS Sites, who uh, was so gracious to let us come into their booth during SHOT Show and take it over for several hours and record some interviews for you that you'll hear in coming weeks on the Concealed Carry Podcast. Excess sights and their new F8 night sights. I am getting so, so close to finishing my review on the F8 night sights. They are fantastic. I've got them on my Glock 19 pistol that's in my holster here tonight. And uh, I really like these sights a lot. So you can check them out at excesssights.com. Also, Trident Concepts. That's Mr. Gonzalez's training company. Go to tridentconcepts.com to learn more and see their upcoming training schedule. And then finally, guardiannation.com. And uh, in fact, we're working on getting Jeff Gonzalez lined up for a Guardian Nation live event here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, appreciate those of you, our longtime Guardian Nation members that have been patiently waiting for our next round of Guardian Nation live events. And uh, so that'll be your opportunity to uh, see and interact with us face-to-face -face for a live Q&A session Hopefully, like I said, working on getting it lined up with Mr. Gonzalez here very soon. Just trying to work out some of the specifics regarding uh, our various schedules. So look forward, we are looking forward to getting that going here. And then finally, we've been teasing now for some time, for several episodes, the episode number 200 giveaway celebration. Uh, we are so uh, thankful to have hit this milestone. Uh, this is episode 198. So in two more episodes, we're going to hit episode 200. And we are going to actually be announcing giveaway winners in our 201st episode. Okay. Uh, just so that we're clear. 
but there's just a little something that you've got to do real easy. It's not hard at all. If you want to get in on that giveaway, if you want to have a chance to win over 12, well, to win some of the prizes that are, we've got total over $1,200 worth of prizes that we're giving away as part of this 200th episode giveaway. And some of these prizes, let me list them off. A one-year membership to Guardian Nation. That's pretty cool. A three-month membership to Guardian Nation. Also pretty cool. Uh, we've got the GPS Outdoors Handgunner Backpack. That's another prize that's available. Those are really cool backpacks for taking to the range. Slots that you can store four handguns in. Slots for magazines. Slots, you know, p- pockets for, for ammunition and hearing protection and eye protection. and Everything that you would take with you to the range, it's all uh, part of that backpack. It's really cool. Uh, it doesn't come with all those things, but it, it, it has the capability of handling or, or hauling around all those things. We have a dry fire kit, which includes a Glock E-Trainer, a CERT pistol, and a laser cartridge insert uh, for dry fire practice. Uh, that's really cool. We've got a live fire kit. That's also another prize. A uh, live fire drill cards book, a Mantis training th- system device, and a set of ammo ears, just some you know basic hearing protection that we think are really f- cool and fun that they're little... Uh, ammo cartridges turned into hearing protection, actual legit hearing protection. So we've got five pr- uh, prizes to give away as part of our giveaway. So uh, how do you sign up for the giveaway? That's the big question. Everyone's, everyone wants to know, right? You got to go to concealedcarry.com forward slash 200 giveaway. So 200 giveaway. For those of you that are ch- spelling challenged, let me spell that for you. 200-G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. So concealedcarry.com forward slash 200 giveaway all together. And that'll take you to the page where you can get signed up. Now, a little twist in the plot line here. Uh, as part of this giveaway, we are we are hoping to get some, some feedback from you, our listeners. And so the, the first thing we're going to ask you to do is just a brief survey. If you would be so kind as to fill out a brief survey about the podcast, and then it'll take you to the page where you can drop in your name and email address. That gets you signed up for the giveaway for a chance to win one of those five great prizes. So real easy, concealedcarry.com forward slash 200 giveaway. Fill out a simple brief survey, and then it'll you click next, and it takes you to a page where you can fill out your name, email address, phone number. I know you're probably wondering why we need all that. It's so we can contact you to let you know you've won a prize. So that's all you got to do to get part of, or to to be able to participate in the giveaway and have a chance to win one of those five great prizes. So there you go. Uh, that's the big announcement. We finally got all the details worked out on that one. And we're looking forward to episode number 200. Now you'll have between now the time you're hearing this episode and, uh, episode number 201 to get, uh, signed up for the giveaway to fill out that survey and get signed up. So episode 201 will be released. You know, I'll look up that date. (laughs) So stay tuned. I, I don't have that right in front of me right at this moment. Uh, so anyway, here we go. Uh, let's get now into the interview with Mr. Jeff Gonzalez. In fact, you go. I actually just looked up the uh, the date for episode number uh, 201. Uh, that will be published on February 20th. So actually, you'll have, I think, until midnight on February 19th to participate in the survey and get signed up for the giveaway. So February 19th, midnight, before we close the window for signing up for the giveaway prizes. All righty. So 
like I said, I recorded an interview together with Jeff Gonzalez of Trident Concepts uh, just a few weeks ago at SHOT Show 2018 in the XS Sites booth during the show. It was, uh, it was a fantastic interview, and I'm so thankful to Jeff for making a little time available for, for us at the Concealed Carry Podcast for me to be able to record that, that episode with him. Uh, that interview, uh, it, it's always just fascinating for me as an instructor to all the folks I've been privileged to meet. Uh, other other instructors and uh, top tier, you know, uh, folks in the industry to see how they operate, to pick their brain a little bit, uh, get get a feel for their uh, philosophies, if you will, where it comes to training or practice or learning or whatever it is, or self-defense. And Mr. Gonzalez had a lot of really great stuff to add to the conversation. And so I am going to go ahead and play back that interview now. I hope that you enjoy and I'll catch you on the other side. Hey, everyone. We're sitting here with uh, Jeff Gonzalez of Trident Concepts. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing really good. Thanks for having me on, Riley. I really appreciate Great. it. Thanks so much for being part of the Concealed Carry Podcast. I am happy to be here. I'm glad we worked this out. You know, it's a, it's a really hectic show, so to be able to squeeze in some more more um, more content is always a good thing. So Yeah, I'm so appreciative, well. you know, because I just I bumped into you in the hall the other yep, day, and I'm yep. like, Hey, dude, like, so sorry, but <laughs> would you be interested in coming, in, coming on the show? And what I was laughing at is that, you know, you were standing right next to the CEO of Raven Concealment right. and uh, didn't even really know that, which you shouldn't. Obviously, you probably wouldn't know that, but uh, that was no, I've never a, seen him in person, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Mike, so. Mike is a great guy. Yeah. We were uh, strategizing on our world dominance, as always. So yeah. <laughs> Take over the world. Yes, yeah. yes. Simple, you know, just little things. Just little things. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, I, I suspect many of our listeners probably have an idea of who you are, but maybe you sure. just give us a quick little bio. Absolutely. All right. So um, born and raised in Texas, I left for the Navy. I joined the Navy to become a SEAL. I did that for the better half of my adult life, both on the East Coast and the West Coast as an operator, as an instructor. Yep. I was very happy with that. I went ahead and moved into a different phase of my life where basically I did the exact same thing, but I was just doing it for a different organization. I did that for a while. And in that process, um, my last tour of duty was as a BUDS instructor. So I was already kind of involved in the instructional aspect of it. And then as I was rewinding down the last of my operational years overseas, I started to do more and more instructors, uh, instructional stuff. And as a result of that, I kind of had to make a choice. Trident Concepts was starting to become very, very popular. Yep. And I was actually faced with the decision of, okay, what direction do I want to go? Do I want to keep going downrange and deploying, or do I want to make this a full-time job and go in that direction? So I chose Trident Concepts, and that was uh, over 13 years ago, and we have been doing outstanding ever since. And what I've always tried to do is evaluate, you know, we always want to look at things that we can improve or look at things that we can sustain. So we are very big on metrics, and we evaluate everything, mm -hmm. and to include ourselves. So when we were um, trying to figure out what are, what do we do that has really brought our success? What are the factors that have uh, you know, led to our success? And we really boiled down to three things. One is that everything we do is built, built around battlefield experience. My own, the rest of my staff, the community at large. So that's really plus. Yeah. The second thing is that uh, you know, we're really knowledgeable in adult learning. So we, we, we push really hard for performance standards and the ability to connect with the average adult and, and get them to actually move outside their comfort zone and see the behavioral changes that lead to that performance standards improvement that we're looking for. And then the third thing is, I don't care. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what you do. I don't yeah. care what uniform you may or may not wear. All I care about are results, performance standards. So as long as you're meeting the standards, I'm happy. If I'm not happy, that's generally a cue that you're not going to be happy. So mm -hmm. um, those are the things that have led to our success. You know, we, we talk to our customers and we talk to our students all the time. And they're, th those are the things that always kind of pop up. So yeah, 
that is it in a nutshell. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a perfect nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me, how big is your organization now? So right now, Trident Concepts is um, we are still conducting training on the road. We still travel. That's where we're a mobile training team. So that's, yep. what, that's what we do. Um, but about a year ago, I took a position as a director of training at a brand new indoor facility in Austin, Texas called the Range Austin. Beautiful 52,000 square foot indoor facility. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's a gorgeous facility. So now um, we brought the owners of the facility were smart enough to kind of travel around and listen to the their 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 partners in other range facilities as to what they could do better or what they should do. And the big thing was um, events, which we do very well, and then training, branded, recognized training. So they brought me in. So Trident Concepts is really the uh, the engine behind all the training that we do there. So the range I have, I have a good staff. I have about uh, eight instructors, five senior instructors, and then uh, three assistants. Uh, we are constantly working. Ironically, as we're here on the Concealed Carry podcast, our most popular training programs center around concealment. Yeah. I mean, we cannot, we cannot do them enough. We cannot, you know, we, we're always oversold. We're always trying to fit more people into the classes. Um, as you know, right now, I think the United States is somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 million license holders. Right. Uh, Texas has 1.1 million of those. So yeah. we are we are very busy. And I love seeing that because that's a very good indicator of people taking responsibility for their own personal safety, their own family safety, but at the same time also helping to bolster the uh, bolster the safety of their community, the, the people that are directly around them and whatnot. Yeah. I've long believed, I've traveled all over the world, I've seen the good and the bad, and I've long believed that the the old adage of a polite society um, it really, really resonates with me. You know, if everybody's armed, there typically is a subtle change in our interaction as humans with one another. Right. And, you know, it doesn't really matter what part of the world you are. You know, if that's that lingering thought in the back, then people are typically a little bit more polite, a little bit more reasonable. Um, you know, it actually becomes a polite society. So yeah. I've, you know, my belief has always been that the more people we can get to carry uh, and carry safely and be prepared the better off we're going to be as a nation. You know, that goes directly to what I consider to be, um, you know, improving our defensive posture, whatever you want to call it, national security, however you want to word it. Simple as that, you know, criminal element, terrorist elements, they're going to be a little bit more leery of bad things, you know, doing bad things because they're not going to know who's carrying concealed. And uh, it yeah. works. It's a simple, it's a simple theory. It actually works. So, Go figure. That's awesome. Yeah. What are some guiding principles of, of the courses that you teach and provide, uh, particularly with, in the defensive handgun or concealed carry uh, aspect of it? Well, that's a very good question, actually. I like hearing those types of questions because we really, we really look at, like, everything that we do is built around progressions. And we want to make sure that you have at least gotten A, done well before you move to B and then before you move to C you can do B well and before you can move to D you can do C well we want to make sure that you are progressing at an appropriate level hmm. so our breakdown of the curriculum is is solid you know we you know we have the intro classes the basic classes the intermediate classes the advanced classes and they, they, we we kind of build our programming around a flexing kind of like we can either flex a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right. So in other words, if we get a, we're going to do an intermediate class and I'm not saying that everybody does this, but typically we see a lot of people that are overreaching with their skills and they attend an intermediate class. And so as opposed to it being a true 2.0 class, we might 
because of skills have to yeah. drop it down to a 1.5. Yeah. But the opposite is true. In a basic class, a 1.0 class, we may have a lot of people that really have good, solid skills, are safe and competent. We can push the curriculum, so we move from a 1.0 to a 1.5. So we have that flexibility design in our curriculum. Uh, we base everything around performance again. So we take, you know, everybody is always mentioning us because, well, if I knew that was a test, I would have shot better. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, we solved that problem early on in the class in a brief. We just kind of put it out there. We're like, hey, here's how I want you to think about this. Every round you fire is a graded round. There's a, some sort of a signed grade to that round that you fire. So then hopefully you're going to put more effort into trying to do better throughout the class, not just when you know it's a test. And it works. Uh, we see better performance across the board. I mean, we on average, there are six different measurement or assessment tools that we will collect so that we can kind of say, or maybe you just had like, maybe you had a bad bad run at one test. We sure. don't want to use that as the sole indicator of your skill, overall skill. So we have enough measurement tools throughout the class that we can kind of see a more generalized view of how you perform. And so if the class is doing well, we can push them. Uh, if not doing well, we can remediate and then try to figure out why we're not doing well. Um, now, do you mind if I ask a please. little bit about that? You're talking about kind of sliding around as you yeah. need to to fit the needs of the students, which I really appreciate, by the way, because yeah. there's many instructors that will just, nope, this is the curriculum for the class. Yeah. We're going to stick with that curriculum. Tough. Do, do you do that by, do you split up the class at all? Or do you try to keep everyone together and you just kind of try to make those adjustments? So if we, like, that, again, that's a good question. How do we manage that from from an instructional? That's a logistical issue. Yeah. Um, if we have the capacity to move students and separate the class, it is an option, though I don't like to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't like to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, anytime you're going to do that, those students are going to know they're being alienated. Yeah. And what we don't want to do is create any barriers to learning. So we try to keep them together and we try to work with uh, remediation. So one of the things we do very well are what we call diagnostics. It's called corrective strategy. So through diagnostic drills, we figure out what you're doing right, we figure out what you're doing wrong, and we can apply the corrective strategies to try to get you to where you need to be. And that levels the playing field. So whether you're you know, at a basic level, if we had a few folks that were doing really well, but a few folks that weren't doing really well, again, it really levels the playing field because we can, we can stoke the fire on those that are doing well by challenging them through other techniques. Yeah, they can shoot the exact same drill. We'll just challenge them a little bit differently. They may have a faster time standard. They may have a greater distance requirement. They may have a smaller target zone requirement. So we change that up very easily and keep everybody involved in the class. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's you, a you, tough thing, though. I, I know you're big on performance standards. Yeah. Uh, so can we touch on those performance standards, like what you do? What are some of the yeah. tests or drills? Or So we... Um, we do all different types. I mean, there is a, a giant assortium of them. And uh, the one yeah. that we really like to do is like it has been our baseline skills assessment that we do in a in a you, you shoot it at the end of a basic class. You shoot it at the beginning of an intro class and the end of an intro class. You shoot at the beginning of a advanced class and at the end of an advanced class. And we change it up a little bit. So, you know, the performance standards at the advanced level are tighter. They're harder. Performance standards at the intermediate is a little less. And then at the, yep. at the basic, it's more of a familiarization. We want you to get exposure to us. And it starts, you know, it's, it's not hard. It's a 25-round course of fire. I say it's not hard, meaning that it's, it, it's not logistically challenging. You shoot it at various distances from the 25 all the way down to the 3. You typically work from the holster, but, again, we can accommodate various skill levels. Uh, there are some gun handling skills that you have to do. There's different target zone transitions that you have to do. It's all the only thing is it's all done from static, so you're standing still as you engage each of these targets. Mm -hmm. um, but it 
you know, it has been our baseline whenever we, whenever I need to kind of evaluate a shooter and kind of figure out, okay, where are they in the grand scheme of things? We'll run them through that, that, uh, skill assessment. And I, we've been doing it, that skill assessment we've been doing for over 10 years. So it's the longest running skill assessment we have. And we've collected those metrics. So I can go back 10 years and see all the scores from all those students shooting. So we can use that to help create an understanding of, well, okay, amongst your peers, you're in the top 70 percentile or you're yeah. in the bottom 50 percentile, whatever. And what we'll do is if, if on that skills assessment, the, the class isn't doing well enough to advance, then, then right at that moment, that's that moment, we will go ahead and adjust. We'll call an audible and we'll yep. move into more of a 1.5 versus the 2.0. And then we'll work on remediating basic skills, skills that they should have had but don't have or should have had, but can't demonstrate whatever the yeah. case might be. Um, and that's kind of how we go through the entire programs. It's all built around, you know, we have to constantly, the student is really challenged more so mentally than physically. You know, I mean, obviously shooting is a physical art, physical act, but the mental engagement that the students have to, to apply, I never get complaints. I'm going to put it to you this way. I never get complaints about people staying up late. They are usually, as soon as their head hits the pillow, they're out like a light. So, you know, that's, that goes to the challenge of mentally staying engaged because you have to think about everything you're doing. And the other problem that we run into is when, so we talk about the two fears. Um, there's the fear of the unknown and the fear of not knowing, right? Yep. So as, as somebody who's new to concealed carry, right, their first exposure typically is their state license course that they have to go through if there's one that exists. Some right. states don't have that. Yep. So there's sometimes a fear of the unknown, like what to expect. What do I, you know, blah, 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 right? Not a big deal. We manage that through engagement, communicating, and we try to help manage their expectations very easily. But then there's the fear of not knowing, okay? Now, the fear of not knowing is where a student is afraid of looking bad, afraid of making a mistake, afraid of maybe their pride being bruised a little mm -hmm. bit, you know? And that will keep, oh my goodness, hello. <laughs> I was like, what is that? <laughs> it's a puppy dog, by the way. Um, so um, the, the fear of the unknown will sometimes prevent them from wanting to, to take a class because they don't want to, they don't want to admit. And this is the worst thing that a student can have coming into anything is the fear of looking bad. That's why you're there. That's why these training classes exist mm -hmm. is to help educate the public at large, you know, not just the concealed carry market, but the entire public as far as what they should be doing. So, we really try to manage that uh, through good engagement, good communications, and we set everybody's expectations early on, you know, what, what we expect from you. You know, all I expect from you is to give 100%, listen to the instructions, and do your very best to try to do whatever it is that our instructor staff tells you. If I tell you to stand on your head, you know, <laughs> breathing through an eyelid, I expect to see you stand on your head, breathing through an eyelid. So we don't do that, but, I mean, it's sometimes, sometimes kind of funny because I have had people that, have that light bulb moment, but it comes on a little bit late in the class a lot of times. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's fascinating by the way. And I've heard, uh, I've heard talk about your performance standards. Um, I didn't realize that you had, that you really dug deep into, you know, looking at the metrics of that Yeah, and 10 years of data. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Well, it, it's, it's been a challenge to do that. Um, you know, one of the things that's super important to us is the integrity of those standards. So we don't, deviate from them for anything you know i mean i i have plenty of my guys my peer my peers my my teammates come through classes and i've told them straight up hey you know i've told other students mm -hmm. 
if I'm willing to fail one of my guys, mm-hmm. I'll fail you in a heartbeat if you don't meet the standards. Yeah. But that's that, that's an incentive, not not that's not a discouragement. That's just an incentive to understand that those those metrics, the integrity of those metrics is pristine. You know, we don't we don't kind of move them, we move around them. Yeah. Um and so it's uh, th- but I, I will say this that sometimes that is one of those fears of not knowing. Knowing that you're going to be constantly evaluated, knowing that you're going to be constantly scrutinized can sometimes be intimidating for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So it's also relative to the class that you're in. At an intro level, we're not doing it as much. At a basic level, we start to kind of ramp it up. At an intermediate level, oh yeah. And at an advanced yeah. level, every round you fire is basically a graded round. Literally. Like that like it's a metaphor and everything else, but it's legit in the advanced class. Yeah. And so that's the unfortunate thing. I, I am disappointed because some people are risk averse. Yep. Right. Um, and I try to tell people two things. Number one, if you're not failing, you're not learning. You're not going to get to where you need to be if you are not pushing the envelope and actually recognizing where your weaknesses are. Because what we typically do as humans is we're only going to do what we're good at. <laughs> I don't want to do anything. Yep. You know, I don't want to look bad. Uh, you know, and one of the things that has hurt the community is not talking about that. It's like, okay, so you're great at shooting at the seven-yard line. Outstanding. Okay, now let's take you back to 25 and see what you do. And, and the problem yeah. that I get a lot of times is people are going to come back. They're going to they're going to use as a defense. Well, typical of concealed carry engagements. I'm never going to have to shoot back at 25. I'm like, it's not about justifying. It's a simple comment. It's a simple concept. It's not whether or not you can justify. It's whether or not you can. Can you make a shot at 25 yards? Mm-hmm. Because all, you know, at that distance, it's just an evaluation of marksmanship. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, and this is a great case in point, distance is always around you. Yeah. You know, I mean, you walk into a Walmart, you walk into a Home Depot, you're in a parking lot. There's always going to be distance. So I try to avoid going down that path of, well, this video demonstrates that you're never going to have to move outside of this range to be, you know, good, good. I, I, I think that's, I think that's a poor example of, of an isolated incident mm-hmm. and in trying to build curriculum or trying to build, trying to justify something because you don't want to work yeah. is a bad, is a, is a bad road to go down. Very, very simply. I know one of the question that, that will come up from our listeners. I'm sure they're wondering right now and, and maybe you can, maybe you can't sure. tell, uh, speak to it here, uh, especially in the time we have, but uh, can you give us a, example or, or an idea of what the standards are like? I mean, well, walk oh, us through that. So it's, it's actually kind of easy. Um, it, at, so for instance, at, at a basic level, yeah. at a basic level, the standard is a, for instance, a 25 yard, which is the first, uh, first stage of that skill assessment. You're going to be from the holster drawing and firing two rounds at an eight inch target zone. And there's no time component. It's just, you know, obviously I, I prefer not to use a sundial to time you, but um, there's not a... Kind of like a go-no-go? Like, can you do this? Yeah. Two rounds well, in an but, eight but, inch? well, you're not eliminated. Sure. We, we I will, get that. We, we will do that. In later, in later programs, there is an... So failure to perform means you're eliminated from the rest of the drill, but that is not one of them. Skill sure. assessment, you will shoot all the way through. And so then you'll move forward to the 15-yard line. You'll shoot a similar drill. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we typically will say are our standards is eight inches. Eight inches in the chest size target zone is our standard. But here's right. what really throws people for a loop. Here's what gets under everybody's nails, if you will, is that the way that we look at this is, number one, we're in a training environment. So there's nobody trying to kill you. There's nobody mm-hmm. technically trying to hurt, maim, injure, or kill you. So really the only pressure that you are 
experiencing is pressure that's self-imposed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like nervous, anxiety, whatever. Yeah. So that's minor in the grand scheme of things. But what happens is when we are shooting against that eight inch target zone, if a shooter fires a shot that cuts the line, I don't care how much of the line it cut. It's a miss. And that right there is a major paradigm shift for so many people because what I try, you know, they get all butthurt about that. It's like, well, it's cutting the line. Everybody else scores as a hit. I'm like, well, you're not in everybody else's class. Number it's one, not a competition, right? It's not competition. Number two, <laughs> right. and number three, the mere fact that you have to get them all inside eight inches versus eight and a quarter throws everybody for a tizzy. Rather than focusing on the, rather than focusing on the solution, which is I need to shoot better, they're focusing on the problem, which is I suck. I can't hit the eight inch target zone. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, this is this is the mental, this is the mental toughness that has to that everybody has to endure in order to get to that point where their skill sets are what we call resilient. Because what we're trying to always do is create a resilient shooter, somebody that under any circumstances is still going to be able to do what they need to do to protect themselves, their family, or their community. Mm -hmm. That resiliency comes with time in in some cases, but you also really have to work hard to put yourself in those positions where you have to mentally be tough. And that means you know mentally push through pain in the sense of, oh my God, I've been standing all day. This is terrible. Or my thumb hurts from loading magazines or whatever the case might be and stay focused on the task at hand. Mm. So that's one of those things. So those are some standards. Um, you know, we, uh, will tell people, um, if you want, here's another great, so uh, since we're on standards, we have a training program. It's called TACOS. It stands for task conditions and standards. And it's basically a training program that is disguised in a deck of cards. So there's four suits. One suit is for marksmanship. One suit is for speed. One suit is for what we call baselines. And then there's another suit for dry fire in case you can't get to the range. And there's 13 cards in each of those suits. And so each card has a specific task, a specific condition, and a specific standard. Mm. Um, so, for instance, uh, one, you, know, you pull out a card. It might be, all right, from the 25-yard line, draw and fire two rounds. You have four seconds to do that. And you're going to repeat that for a total of 10 reps. Right, so a total of 20 rounds. So the object, based on the standard, uh, the scoring standard, is that you want to score 80% or better for passing score, which means that if you're firing 20 rounds, you can't miss more than five. And so, you know, if you got, you know, if you got six out, well, there's probably that's an area that identifies a weakness that you might might want to, in your training, yeah. actually work at. Right? Then there's others. There's the speed components. Like, okay, now you're going to go down to the seven yard line. You're going to fire three rounds, and you've got Three and a half seconds to do that. You know, so now you're not making the part time. So now you know, okay, I need to work at, a, you know, moving a little bit faster. Yep. But the part time is based around 100% accuracy. You have to get the hits. You can shoot it and make par, but if you're not hitting, then it really doesn't matter. Yep. So those, it, it, the, the biggest complaint that I've had throughout my career as an instructor has been, hey, can I get a copy of your curriculum? Can I get a copy of your drills? Can I get a copy of this? And I'm like, that, that's not necessarily going to help you because you can shoot this drill and, and, and it's awesome and it's great, but that's not what's wrong with your technique. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're focused over here on this drill because that's what you want to do. So yep. the take host helps to identify where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. And then you from that, from that understanding can then go off and work on your strengths yeah. if you want to, or concentrate on your weaknesses. That's brilliant. Yeah. I like that idea of those cards. Yeah. Uh, different suits for different. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's really cool. Thank you. Um, how do I get my hands on those? Well, you can go, funny you ask. So you go to the, everybody can go to tridentconcepts.com. You go to our pro shop. You can see we have a, we have one for uh, the pistol, one for the rifle. Uh, if you're familiar with the cert pistol, we work oh, with yes. Mike Hughes. We work yep. with Mike Hughes. We create the cert deck as well. Yep. So, and coming soon is a conditioning deck, which is one where 
you integrate a little physical activity, a little, you know, little stress to your central nervous system and then test your skills based off of that. So every one of those cards will have a different little stressor in a sense. So mm. I'm still finalizing that. That's a lot of fun. I'm, I've been really enjoying that particular project, but it's taken a lot longer, mm. taking wow. a lot longer. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, just real quick as we, as we wrap up here sure. too, you got classes. I know you see you're yeah. still doing some traveling. Yes. Um, what do you have some, where do you have some classes coming up? Good question. Dates, Good locations. Question. Uh, I would like to be able to rattle off the dates of those classes, but I haven't a clue. Sure, sure. <laughs> I just know location. So we've sure. got coming up here in the spring, we're going to be, um, let's see, uh, first class I believe is out in Phoenix. And then we're going to be going to uh, Epi, New Hampshire. We'll be at the SIG Academy. Love going up there. Yep. Good friends of mine. Yep. Uh, and then later in the year, we'll be in Alliance, Ohio. Um, actually co-teaching a class with Larry Vickers down in Florida. Mm. And then uh, maybe New Jersey. I'm not cool. really sure. But you can go to our website. There's a schedule. Yeah. Uh, folks can get that uh, off our schedule. And then registration. I, I encourage people to register early because the classes do fill up. And then I got to listen to the whining about, oh, I wanted to go. I'm like, eh, yeah, okay. It's only can, been out can there you for a year. Me in? Please, yeah. Please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's only been advertised for a year. What can I do? But um, I tell you what, before we sign off, can I take a question from our audience? Here? Absolutely. All right. Let's see what yes, we have. Uh, You've got a Facebook Live yeah, let's going see. on there. Uh, let's watch and bring them on camera. Okay, that's nice. Uh, let's see. Anybody? Uh, let's see. Uh, nobody's really asking questions. They're just watching. It's just so awesome. Yeah. You know, everything you're talking about here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate that. All right. Somebody didn't ask. Good Lord. I, I know, guess I should have addressed that. I'm like, hey, <laughs> send a question in, damn it. Yeah. Everybody's just watching. <laughs> And saying, hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Tom. Tom Arati. It's good to see you. A shout out to Tom. I got, uh, I got one more question. For yeah, you. yeah, yeah. What you got? I mean, you can keep scrolling there. Okay. Like, but uh, here's, a, a here's a question. And the question would be, you know, looking at 10 years of data of, of going through these standards. Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, I'm guessing thousands of students, right? Yeah. What do you take from that? Like, what do you see that's either a trend, uh, you know? Uh, so whatever. that is, I love that question. That is a great question. So biggest thing that I see, and if I had to say it, I don't know if it's a trend. It's just one of the biggest things that I see is true marksmanship, like really being able to aim the firearm and hit what you're aiming at on command, what we call right. on command. So we um, like speed is not going to really be an issue. I, I've never really found speed to be an issue for people because here's the thing under when you're in that situation for real, like you're in a real gunfight you will move faster than you ever thought you could move. Mm. So speed is not going to be a requirement, but what you can't control is your skill set as far as accuracy. That's where that resiliency comes in. Because when you start moving really fast, you start to see the wheels wobble, and then you start to see, oh, shit, I'm all over the place, right? So we want to be able to move at that high, high speed, that really, you know, when you're really moving at what we call real speed, yep. but yet we want our technique to be dialed in. So marksmanship is the, is the thing that I have found to be lacking, you know, I don't know if it's trending, but I'm just saying that marksmanship is probably where people could really spend more time on. I know it sounds, oh, of course I can hit a target. I'm, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yet, now, do you find that's because people, like you see data where they're, they're ending that particular uh, 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 stage or whatever you're calling it uh, early because they have extra time left over? Is that what you're saying? Here? I think that's a great observation, first of all, because a lot of times people don't have an idea of time. Mm -hmm. Like, so what the way that we, the mantra that we use in our classes is very simple. Shoot as fast as you can guarantee the hit. Right. Right. So if you cannot 
if you're if you're moving too fast that you are missing, mm-hmm. that's not helping you at all. And so that a lot of times that gives people permission. Yeah. That gives the people because there's also that peer pressure. Everybody in the class is maybe shooting faster, and you know you're the last one to fire, right? And you feel that pressure to just fire the shot just to be over so that you don't feel like you're the last man firing. Yeah. Right? Well, we don't want that. We want you. So by giving people permission to shoot as fast as they can, that allows people to either maybe take a little bit more time to perfect that side alignment on their follow-up shot right. or maybe take a little bit more time to really work their trigger and, and, and actually utilize good mechanics. It gives them permission in a sense to do that because you're not shooting, you know, you and I are not shooting against one another. You're shooting for yourself. I'm shooting for myself. So I need to be worried about what I'm doing. You need yep. to be worried about what you're doing. And sometimes we have to kind of create those little, uh, I guess those, I don't, I don't want to call it a crutch because it's not, it's, it's just, um, it's permission more than anything to just do what you got to do. Because what we'll find is once people start shooting consistently, and I've always been a big fan of consistency. Once people can start shooting consistently, accurately wise, then the next thing that happens is they automatically start cleaning up their technique. And then before you know it, they have a, what we like to reference is more of a quick, I don't like to use the term fast. I like mm-hmm. to use quick. They're quick. Yep. They can draw quickly. They can shoot quickly. They're not shooting. They're not shooting so fast that they're out running their headlights. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's fantastic. You know, so I guess one way that I'd kind of summarize that as far as how I read it, and, yeah, you, know, you can correct me if I'm wrong no, in no. this, but I, I love kind of using the phrase and, and I'm still in this from, uh, actually I hear a number of competitive shooters. So it's out there, you know, use that front side as your gas pedal. Sure. Right? Absolutely. Like, you know, don't take that shot until you're confident that you can guarantee the hit. Absolutely. And I love that theory. That is a great theory. And I think for the most part, it works, right? Yeah. Um, but if I were to identify where in the shooter's technique is the breakdown, it's not necessarily in the sights. Right. It's in the tr- trigger movement. Yeah. Trigger. So you can. Grip? Yeah. Um, not yeah. So much. Nah, I th- well, when we're doing diagnostics, mm. the um, and, and it's a process of elimination, what we find is once we can get rid of the low lying fruit, uh, the two most common errors that we're working on uh, is trigger, probably, I would say, like 70% of the time. And then grip is is the last. But yeah. but most, I mean. People mo- just mashing the trigger. Yep. Just not just understanding. Really slapping yeah, at it. Yeah, yeah. Not understanding yeah. what trigger movement really is. You know, you, yep. and, and so the, but the problem is that's where people try to think they, they can gain a little speed. If I move that trigger fast, I'm going to be fast shooter. Well, like you said in the beginning, or not the beginning, but uh, paraphrasing, you can only shoot as fast as you can see your sights. So uh, once they see that sight, what they forget is that sight still has to stay on that target while you're moving that trigger to the rear. Because what we see is they'll, yeah. that target, the, the, the sight will truly be on the target for a split second. And then when they mash that trigger, they don't realize that that sight has now moved off the target. And now yeah. they've generated a miss. Yeah, got it. Yeah. So Awesome, man. Yeah. This has been great. Thank you so much for your time, sir. Riley, it's been no, my you're pleasure. Busy, dude. No, this has been great. We'd love to connect with you and uh, Please do. do you some get, of your you, training as you well. You got all my contact info. Hit yeah. me up. Let me know what else I can do for you guys. I'm happy to help. It's a big thing for great. me. Big thing. Uh, Thanks, Riley. Anything else? I mean, as far as, I mean, you mentioned your website earlier. Do you yeah, want to yeah. throw it out there again? Okay, anything yeah. else? So uh, you can go to our website, tridentconcepts.com. You can find us on all social media, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, whatever your preference is, you yep. know, nowadays we have to kind of cover all the bases and yep. uh, we love hearing from people, you know, definitely if you watch this video or you're watching it after it was live, let us know what your questions are. I'll forward whatever questions for you guys off to you. Uh, but 
I'm going to sign off on, on my end here. And yeah. again, I'm, this is Jeff Gonzalez here with Trying Concepts. I'm, I'm sitting here talking with Riley from Concealed Carry Podcast. And again, thanks for having me yeah, on. Man. I really appreciate it. Cool. So I'll see you guys a little bit later. All right. There you go. There's the interview I had uh, together with uh, Jeff Gonzalez. Um, great interview, right? I thought so. Anyway, if you have a chance to go and take some training from Trident Concepts and from Jeff and his team there, uh, I would encourage you to do that. Uh, we appreciate uh, Jeff for making some time for us. And uh, go check out tridentconcepts.com. Also, wanted to once again recognize and thank Excess Sites for making this episode possible and being so gracious uh, to us, uh, rolling out the red carpet and letting us come in and uh, basically take over their booth for, for a little while while we recorded uh, this interview and others. So thanks to, to all those that made this episode possible. You know, as I think back uh, over this interview that I had with him, uh, it was uh, really interesting, you know, thinking about, you know, the way he approaches training, the, these performance standards, uh, I, I think there's a lot to be said there, um, especially when you've been doing it for as long as he has, measuring people against the same measuring stick for years and years and years and years. And that's going to be really telling for a guy as, a, as an instructor. And it's, it's caused me to go, hmm, maybe I should almost, you know, do something similar because it would be really fascinating, you know, in a few years to kind of see what that turns up. You know, having that measurable data is far more valuable than something that is uh, subjective. You know, I, subjectively, I can look back over all the many hundreds or thousands of students that I have taught through the years and go, yeah, okay, yeah, man, I, I've seen, you know, people do this or I've seen people do that and there's some correlations with this and that. But having measurable data, I think, is is really uh, a valuable tool. So that's a, that's a really cool thing. Also, some other thoughts, a really good takeaway was, for me especially, you know, I mean, I, I, I understand this concept, but once again, hearing it from a guy that has all this data to pull from, you know, when he says that uh, folks, you know, something he sees as a consistency amongst shooters that maybe struggle at times is trying to shoot faster than they can guarantee the hit. And that comes up because they shoot faster than they are able to maybe see their sights, for instance. And that's really, that's really critical, right? Uh, and so, Along with that, it's so appropriate, I think, that we have Excess Sites as a uh, sponsor, if you will, of this episode today of the Concealed Carry Podcast. Uh, by the way, just want to make it clear that that uh, Jeff and or his company uh, are not necessarily endorsing Excess Sites, uh, but just want to make sure that there's that, that distinction. Um, he may very well think they're awesome sites or not. I don't know. But I think these new F8 night sites are really fantastic sites for me. That was the thing when I threw them on my Glock for the first time. Uh, and I, there, there are many good sites out there. I have other sites on other pistols that accomplish the same thing for me as well. But these F8 night sites, uh, I'm able to see those sites very well. I'm able to pick up that front sight very quickly, make, you know, make sure I've got the, the correct sight picture and take my shot. So shoot as fast as you can see the, those sights and shoot as fast as you can guarantee making those hits. And you can't guarantee that without being able to see, see those sights. So you kind of see how that, how that works. So anyway, get some good sights on your gun, whether they're these new access sights, F8 night sights, or some other good quality, high visibility, you know, good capable sights, go get some good sights. Don't settle for subpar sights, which unfortunately many guns and frankly, you know, sorry, Glock, but, you know, the stock Glock sights are just not that great. I mean, they're not 
bad, but they're not that great. There's other sites out there that are just far better. So go swap those babies out, put something good on. And I think you'll really find it a lot easier to shoot uh, quickly and, and more accurately. And that's a really key thing with me, by the way, in defensive shooting, if you're going to shoot rapidly, you need to be able to pick things up quickly. And so having really clear, big, bright sights, that's a necessity. That's a big takeaway from today's episode. So I am going to sign off. Appreciate all those of you uh, joining me on Facebook Live late tonight. Uh, and for those of you that are listening to the audio only uh, part of the podcast, we appreciate you as well. Uh, if you haven't already, I would appreciate it if you'd just go and do a quick review of the podcast, whether on iTunes or elsewhere. I don't care, but it'd be great to have your review. Also, just a one last reminder and, and call out for this 200th episode giveaway and survey that we are doing. So basically, if you'd like to have a chance to win one of those five great prizes as part of our 200th episode giveaway, whether it be the uh, one-year Guardian Nation membership, the three-month Guardian Nation membership, the GPS Outdoors handgun or backpack, the dry fire kit, or, or the live fire kit, if you want a chance to win one of those great prizes as part of our 200, 200th episode giveaway, go to concealedcarry.com forward slash 200 giveaway, 200-G-I-V-E-A-W-A-Y. And just fill out a, a brief, simple little survey. Give us some great feedback on the podcast, and then it'll take you right over where you can enter in your, your contact info so that you are entered in for the actual drawing for one of those great prizes. So go get signed up drop us a line uh, with the survey, but also you can contact us too. If you have any questions about anything, or if you have trouble with the survey or getting signed up with the giveaway, you can reach out to us at podcast at concealedcarry.com. And so with that, I'm going to let you all go for tonight. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care, everyone. We'll catch you next time. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.